Hi. Hi. Welcome to Ghoul Gals. I'm Cassandra. And I'm Julie. And today we're talking about cabinets. You heard that right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're now a renovation show. (laughs) (laughs) Best cabinets found Mm -hmm. on Pinterest today. (laughs) I mean, we were just talking like that. That is what we found when we were searching for... um, Stuff about cabinets was a lot of uh, pictures, pictures of real of cabinets. cabinets and <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is folklore? Folklore cabinets is a thing, apparently. I know because we both independently googled <laughs> cabinet folklore, mm-hmm. folklore cabinet, mm-hmm. and uh, they gave us beautiful images yeah. of these cap, these hand painted cabinets. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. I mean, it's very nice, but it's not what we were. It's not what we're in the market for. <laughs> Looking for a ghost or something. Um, but yeah, so uh, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. We're gonna talk about that today. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting us off. Yay! And Ooh. I'm gonna talk about <laughs> the conjured chest. Ooh, Ooh! What a name! Yes, love it. So it is a chest of drawers, uh, which is uh, similar to a cabinet. <laughs> I hate the name chest of drawers so much. Like, I just call it a dresser. It's like... Or something. You know, like a... Are you thinking like chest, like boobs? And no. then drawers, like <laughs> underpants? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not at all. I just think it's a stupid name for a piece of furniture. Like, call it a single word. Yeah. will do. <laughs> Like I don't want to. It's just dumb. I don't. I. It, I've always been like. Like I remember the first time I heard it. I was at uh, my friend's aunt's house in Indiana, mm-hmm. um, and they had like just like nice furniture, I guess, which I was unused to. <laughs> <laughs> and so she's. She, God, I can't remember what how it came up, but she was like, "Oh, it's on the chest of drawers," and I was like. The, the dr- what now? The dresser? <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> it's like, what is the other one? Like a Davenport and, you know, there's all kinds of weird furniture names that rich people know about that I'm unfamiliar with. <laughs> Same. Like when you said Davenport, I was like, oh, what? Yeah, right? Or the Chesterfield or something. Like oh. There's all kinds of weird mm-hmm. and stupid things. Yeah. And I'm like too, I'm, uh, I'm too uncouth. <laughs> Um, well, today I'm talking about a chest of drawers. <laughs> no. Sorry. Um, it's made of mahogany. Oh, beautiful. It's, it is gorgeous. Um, beautiful. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, uh, I would buy that at, a, at an antique store for sure. You, I hope you wouldn't. <laughs> You're going to learn about it. I would bamboozle myself. <laughs> so pretty. Uh, so it's an empire style mahogany veneer. such a long time too. <laughs> Just, like I'm looking at you you're looking at nothing <laughs> oh shit oh my god Hello. Right. well I'm gonna start this all over again oh, um, right. <clears throat> <clears throat> okay. this empire style mahogany veneered chest of drawers has four drawers The top drawer is curved and extends out beyond the other three. There are panels at each end of the piece at the sides of the top drawer that have uh, leaf designs, uh, acanthus leaf designs, which is like a type of leaf uh, from plants that are mostly found in like Asia and the Mediterranean is what I've seen the most. Okay. And there's scroll work on top of columns on each side that have turned work and a ball on the top and turned work at the bottom. I don't know. These are all uh, museum <laughs> words. Right. You know? like, I don't know. <laughs> or like uh, carpenter words. I don't know what they mm-hmm. mean. 
the legs are turned and have casters, so it has those beautiful long legs. Legs for days. Uh, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Um, it's gorgeous. It was built in 1840, which, did I already say that? I don't know. Uh, which is a long time ago. <laughs> You're welcome. It sure was. So, this is where it gets interesting. So, the narrative of the conjured chest is described by Virginia Carey Hudson Cleveland in a letter to her daughter, Virginia Carey Hudson, Maine. (laughs) Okay. Cleveland's grandmother, Eliza, told her the story as a child. The story was originally documented in the book, good lord, I want to read this book, (laughs) Flap Doodle, (laughs) Trust and Obey. Don't know what any of that means. You like it though? Flap, doodle, trust, and obey. That doesn't sound like a um, Victorian word at all. Flap, doodle. People who are prey to dogmatic... What? <laughs> Flap, doodle? <laughs> oh, so it's just nonsense. A fool. A fool. Um, well, flap, that, plural, flap, not flap, doodles. <laughs> uh, so, flap, doodle, trust, and obey, which is just, uh, like, nonsense, trust, and obey. Interesting. Sure. Um... Which was written by Virginia Carey Hudson. Oh. I guess the names in the book are changed. There's, like, this whole story. It's great. Um, I would love to read it. Yeah. So in 2017, Beverly Maine Keensel, daughter of Virginia Carey Hudson Maine, published The Conjured Chest, colon, A Cursed Family in Old Kentucky, in which she identifies the victims and their relations to Virginia Carey Hudson Cleveland. So this... (laughs) A lot of words to say, this is a haunted chest, and there are two books written about it by the family. Very interesting. Okay. So the chest is likely made in Kentucky around, uh, or between 1830 and 1840, possibly in Meade County, where members of the Graham family resided. And the story begins when Jeremiah Graham was making preparations for his firstborn, which included a chest that was hand-carved and made by an enslaved man named Remus. Jeremiah was not satisfied with the chest, and he beat Remus. Remus died from his injuries. Oh, my God. Great start. Yeah. Jesus. Um, (laughs) This went from, like, so silly to, like, so fucking depressing. Yeah, yes. I feel like, you know, most cursed images start with a horrific tale. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. So this is it. Yeah. So in order to avenge the death of Remus, uh, one of his friends, another enslaved African-American man, sprinkled dried owl blood inside the drawers and put a curse on it. Oh. The chest was moved to the child's nursery. (laughs) Yeah, like, uh, uh, uh (laughs) at least, like, you know, the kid's probably going to grow up to be a jerk, but for right now, it's just a kid. Right, hasn't done anything yet. If it's still in a nursery, then it's, you know, doesn't know shit. So in that way, I feel bad. Like, I wish that that chest, that cursed chest of drawers had gone to the father. Yes. (laughs) Jeremiah. Yes. So, unfortunately... Tragedy continued every time someone put their clothing in the chest. In fact, 16 people are believed to have had misfortune due to a curse placed on this chest of drawers. So, in addition, both the chest maker Remus and the curse breaker Sally died. So this makes a total of 18 deaths or tragedies related to the chest. So not only did people die, but the people who started it and ended it died. Wow. Well, (laughs) of course they died. I mean, but like of like uh, surprising circumstances. Things that can be, that seem curse-like. Yes. Okay. So let's let's go through them all. All right. So Jeremiah Graham's child, for whom the chest was made, died in infancy. Then. That's not surprising. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, Jeremiah's twin brother, Jonathan, had a son. And so I guess Jeremiah gave Jonathan this chest of drawers for his baby. Mm. And this son's clothes were placed in the chest and he was stabbed by his servant on his 21st birthday. So it was a slow burn for him. Wow. (laughs) He died 21 years after. Um, (laughs) So Jeremiah and Jonathan's sister-in-law, Amanda Winchell Graham, uh, wife of Moses Graham, so I'm guessing Moses is one of their brothers and his wife, 
decided to put the chest in the attic. Fair. Smart. Yeah. So then this is, okay, these are a lot of names. So it's going to be yeah. <laughs> a, a lot. John Ryan, who was a recent immigrant from Ireland, eloped with Catherine Winchell. So Amanda Winchell Graham, um, who is obviously part of the Graham family, uh, married in, arranged for them to live on land belonging to the Grahams and gave them the chest, which they both used. Oh, no. Farm life left them poor and made Catherine ill, and John planned to go to New Orleans to find work, but was first killed in an accident. Oh, no. Doesn't say anything more than that, but there was an accident. Okay. <laughs> um, very soon after, Catherine Winchell Ryan died. Ooh. It's probably from the Whatever. sickness. Sickness. Illness. Yeah. Then it was given to Eliza Ryan, who is part of that Ryan family, mm-hmm. and her husband, John David Gregory. So they had a child named Louise. Uh, Louise Gregory died at the age of 10 years old. Mm. Then they decided to give it to their only son, Ernest. <laughs> so then Ernest Gregory married Stella Stonecipher, and Stella put her wedding clothes in the chest. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. The couple wed in 1895. Stella died within two years of their wedding. What? So oh this is, God. like, pretty soon. I mean, there was yeah. the one slow burn. Yeah. But um, otherwise, it's pretty quick. So Mabel Louise Whitehead, a relative of the Gregory family, came to live with Eliza and John David Gregory in 1884. Mabel married Wilbur Harlan in 1897. <laughs> they had a little baby named Chester, <laughs> whose clothes went into the chest, And then Chester died at two weeks old. Oh, boy. So then Wilbur, again, this is, okay, so Mabel was a relative of the Gregory family, married Wilbur. Mm -hmm. So Wilbur, his clothes were placed in the chest. He died four years after their son. Oh, my God. (laughs) Chester. Then John David Gregory, who we had talked about before, he had a Mm -hmm. nephew named Emmett. So John David Gregory's nephew, Emmett, was the son of John David's sister, Lucy B. Gregory. So John David Gregory's sister's son. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, his nephew. So the sister hid knitted gloves and a scarf in the chest for her son's Christmas gift. Emmett worked for the railroad. Oh, God. One evening in December 1909, Emmett got off the train and fell 30 feet through a trestle. (laughs) What? Dying. (laughs) What? I don't understand how, did he just like take a step off the train expecting there to be ground? And then there wasn't? <laughs> That's exactly what I was picturing. Yeah, um, wild. What like the these God. are all like weird things. I mean like kids dying. Yeah, I mean people getting sick, mm-hmm. common. Yeah. Kids dying after being born, common. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all like interesting that they're all like, they put their clothes in and then a year or two later, they mm-hmm. were dead. And, like, a son dies, and then his father dies two years later. Mm-hmm. Or, like, like so soon mm-hmm. after each other, everybody dying. Yeah. Like, can you imagine the funerals? Oh, my god! You had to go to in this fucking family. Right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Everyone wear has... black constantly. <laughs> yeah. Just pro- in case. I mean, they have to, because they're all in mourning. <laughs> in mourning every they would year. Have been, they would have been practicing mourning tradition. Yeah. In, in this time. So, I mean, they would have just all been wearing black all the time. Oh, my God. Which would be fine for me. I wear black all the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, did you notice that we're wearing the inverse? Oh, my We are. Because Sandra's wearing a gray t-shirt and black pants. Are they sweatpants? Yeah. Well, kind of. Black sweatpants-ish. And I'm wearing gray sweatpants with a black shirt. (laughs) Because we... (laughs) We're simple gals. Um, Uh, Neutrals. It sucks also that all of these people have only first names for their whole names. Oh my god, I know. It's very frustrating. <laughs> like the Ryan family, uh-huh. the Gregory family. The Gregory family, family John David the Graham Gregory. family. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, every single one. Yeah. Very weird. It's, and they all have like five names. This is why so. they're cursed. <laughs> That's also part of it. All right, so okay, you got off the train, fell through a trestle. Or trestle. Okay, Nellie Gregory daughter of Eliza and John David Gregory, 
So we're back to woof that family. <laughs> so she married Fred Fraze, got a different name, yeah. um, in August 1905. Nellie had placed her wedding clothes in the chest. Fred deserted Nellie. Oh. <laughs> okay, so they didn't die, but, you know, died inside, I guess. Unfortunate, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when Eliza Gregory's husband, John David, died in 1908, Eliza rearranged her house and moved the chest into her room. No, oh, man, come Eliza. On. You should know by now. Ooh. Like, Ooh. You ready? Yeah. Eliza soon took her own <gasps> life. Oh, and died no. on April 4th, 1915. Oh, weird. So <laughs> <laughs> after that, the chest moved to Louisville with Eliza and John David Gregory's granddaughter, Virginia Carey Hudson Cleveland, who we heard about, who wrote the first book. Right, um, right. So, and her husband, Kurtley Cleveland. Kurtley? What a great name. Kurtley Cleveland. So Virginia put her first child's baby clothes in the chest. I thought you were going to say put her first baby in the chest. <laughs> I was like, wow. Wow, interesting. <laughs> uh, the baby was born prematurely and died the same day on August 8th, 1915. Boo. Uh, yeah. Bummer. Really big bummer. So Virginia and Kurtley Cleveland had two daughters, the second being Anne Carrie Cleveland. Anne's clothing was placed in the chest. Anne was struck with polio around 1929. Although she recovered, Anne endured related symptoms all her life. So, I mean, sure, uh, didn't die, but still. Mm -hmm. So Virginia and Kirtley Cleveland's older daughter was Virginia Hudson Cleveland, who we also heard about, whose wedding clothes had been placed in the chest. Wilbur Brister married Virginia Hudson Cleveland in 1943. In December 1944, Wilbur was rushed to a hospital for an appendectomy. Ooh. He died December 9th, 1944, from an overdose of ether. Ether? Of ether. <laughs> uh, which is, like, so How it wasn't know? even his appendix right. bursting like that he did was, it. He had the ether because of the mm-hmm. appendix. And that's what did him in. Who gave him so much ether? Like, how how much ether do you have to have to get it to OD? Probably some high doctor mm-hmm. <laughs> who had been sampling his own like, supply. Um, American Horror yes! Story. Yes! Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scary dentist. Yeah. <laughs> just like, and yeah. then, like, sewing up yeah, that human, pig But it wasn't wings. even, it wasn't even just the, um, like, the gas mask. It was, like, the cotton thing then it, yeah i didn't like it i didn't it, like it it was horrible i mean it's meant, it's it was made for me not to like it but <laughs> they did a good job good job <laughs> all right so virginia and kirtley's neighbor herbert h sunny moore jr put his hunting clothes in the chest moore was killed in a gun accident at the home of neighbors on april 5th 1946 at the home of neighbors <laughs> It wasn't even a hunting accident? <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> okay. Uh, yikes. So, wow. Richard, Virginia and Kirtley's son, put his clothes in the chest. Less than a week later, he was stabbed through the hand at school. So I guess it's not... <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like not only that people died, but like mm. these horrible I mean, accidents. This is like a free. I mean, was he stabbed on purpose through the hand? I mean, you don't like, get stabbed not on purpose. That's right? not true. That is not true. <laughs> you absolutely get stabbed. On <laughs> like, was he doing something bad, and the girl was like, "Fuck you," and then like stabbed his hand. Mm. Do you remember? There's a clip from Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, with um, uh, Oberyn Martell. Is it the knife game yeah. thing? Goes, no, no, oh. no, no, no. He meets one like some like obscure Lannister in some room or something, mm-hmm. and they, he says something. What? Someone says something shitty to, to <laughs> over and and then he the Lannister has his hand on the table and he just takes a knife and fucking oh. whams right into it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. So I mean. Or maybe those idiot kids were doing the knife. The thing. knife game. The yeah. knife game between the fingers mm-hmm. and then just whoop accident. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or he's know. like getting getting handsy with a girl and she's like Ooh. took took a pencil to his hand or something. Nice. You I can mean, get stabbed with anything. <laughs> nice. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. Not nice, but also like nice. Good for know. her. 
bad, bad, bad. All right, so at this point, Virginia had had enough of the chest and Fair. didn't want anyone else to die. So <laughs> she asked Sally, a maid who had worked for Virginia most of her life, if she knew how to break a conjure. So I guess during all of this time, like they knew that there was something going on, that yeah. there was some sort of curse. And they kept putting clothes in it. Right. Uh, I or maybe don't maybe they had just figured it out or something and they're like, yeah. Oh, it can't possibly keep happening or like that montage in every horror movie where yeah. they're like searching through books and uh-huh. they're like <laughs> then it like zeroes in on the word conjure. <laughs> conjure. Or, um, Owl's blood. <laughs> or, um, Bella looking up uh, googling vampires <laughs> in Twilight. <laughs> Cold skin. <laughs> good lord yep Um, yes yes i love it so virginia and sally completed the steps necessary to break the curse are you ready to hear what those steps were yes are you mentally prepared (laughs) for this um i feel like i was but now i'm concerned (laughs) that i'm not good because i don't want you to be all right so sally told virginia that she needed a dead owl brought unasked by a friend so wait first of all (laughs) a friend has to bring you a dead owl just without you asking them to okay which seems impossible Impossible. (laughs) i've seen like one owl in my life right let alone a dead one i've I've never seen a dead one except like a stuffed dead one yeah in like a museum or something yeah uh like the owl and the psycho and behind um, <laughs> Anthony Perkins. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So that seems like that'll never happen. <laughs> Somehow it did. Uh, oh, uh, okay. Then she had to take the leaves of a willow tree planted mm-hmm. by a friend. Oh. Again, extremely hard to find. I don't know a single person who's planted a tree. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they were like, all right, so this friend, you have to ask them to plant a willow tree. <laughs> This friend has to be asked by someone that's not you to give them an owl. I don't know. Um, I feel Do like there's like they have to plant side. it from like a seed and wait for it to grow? Or can they buy one like pre-made and, then, and just plant, and it, plant in it in the ground? I would hope the latter. <laughs> All right. So then she had to boil those leaves for one day within sight of the owl. Okay. 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 <laughs> also Wait, wild. so is this a continuous boil for one day? For one full day. So yeah. you have to just constantly be watching it mm-hmm. because it'll the water will evaporate. Yeah, yeah, you probably have to keep adding water at some point. Ugh. I know. So irritating. It sounds rough. So <laughs> next, she was to put the liquid in a jug and bury it with the handle facing east under a flowering bush. What if it's winter? You gotta wait. <laughs> you gotta wait until does the it bushes have to be are flowering. flowering, or does it have the cap? Is it is it, is it okay if it just has the capability of being a flowering? Oh, bush? interesting. Like a rose bush in winter, would that work? Because it will be flowering. It's just not right now. It's not yet. Uh, <laughs> interesting. Um... Lord, in your mercy, <laughs> so... hear our prayer. This is a mess. <laughs> Okay, so under flying bush. Okay, if it worked, here we go. Uh huh. Either Virginia or Sally would die before all the leaves fell off the bush in the fall. So I guess it had to be actually oh, okay. flowering. So if it worked, someone would have to die. Um, Isn't that horrific? Yeah, I would be like, okay, how about we get rid of this or like? Mm-hmm. Why don't we just burn it or yeah. something? I don't know. Does that end? Maybe a curse? that wouldn't do it. Yeah. Well, no one would be able to put their clothes just in it. Just don't put your clothes in it anymore. Like, just yeah. seal it off or put something. It in a, put it like in a little glass case like Annabelle with like a big sign that says, do not don't put your clothes in this. it. <laughs> Come on. Get some uh, Gorilla Glue <laughs> and um, sh- seal those doors shut. You know some like rehabber <laughs> now would like find oh. it and be like, this will be so beautiful. I'm going to paint it bright green. Uh, oh. I'm going to use um, wallpaper. or no, They like deserve that, it. That like sticky paper for uh, drawers. I'm going to put that like inside of drawers. Put that on the outside. Uh, I don't know. No, they would do a terrible I job. I would absolutely hate that and they deserve And the then curse. they would deserve to die. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Okay. So anyway, so anyway, okay. Uh, back to it. If it worked, either Virginia or Sally would die. So Sally died the following September. So right before the leaves fell off the bush. Wow. I know. And to this day, some of the owl feathers remain in the top drawer to keep the curse at bay. I know. Because <laughs> there, okay, so there were some things in this that I was like, okay, well, this is just people dying. Like, it's not, you know, they mm-hmm. have, a, they had this chest, so of course they put clothes in it. Mm-hmm. And they died because it was old times and people got sick. <laughs> people died all the time. Yeah. yeah. People were dying constantly. <laughs> <laughs> For no good reason. Yeah. You can't have a baby back then. You can't live past the age of 50. You know, like, it's just... And if you're poor, good luck. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, this end stuff is very strange. Yes. It's wild. And, yeah. Yeah. That is weird. Here's my favorite part of the story, though. Yeah. Is that Virginia Carey Hudson, Maine, so the daughter, donated the conjured chest to the Kentucky Historical Society <gasps> in 1976 and you can go to that museum and see it. Oh. And. Can you buy it? In, <laughs> I would assume not. Um, and they even have the feathers <gasps> in like a little, um, looks almost like it's like laminated kind of thing, poking out of the top drawer so you can see it. That is wonderful. We'll post a photo of this to, to Instagram. And it's, so it's like the chest of drawers, the top drawer is open, and uh-huh. then there's some feathers sticking out of the top. That's interesting that those are feathers because I, like looking at them, I'm like, is that feathers? Is that like mushrooms? It, yeah, it just looks very strange. You can but... see much closer. They like uh, they have a picture of oh. it inside a drawer on the Kentucky Historical oh, Society okay. website. Okay. And so it's like a little packet and like one part has the owl feathers and the other one has It's a lot of feathers. words. It's yeah, a lot. I can wonder you can't really read what it oh. says. That's why you gotta go. I'm gonna go there. See it. This is the only time I've ever been like, Man, I wish I lived in Kentucky. <laughs> the first and only time. Um, Who's that photo? There's a picture of a Yeah, woman. it's the daughter uh, or Virginia Carey Hudson. Oh. So she's the one who wrote. I'm not sure if it's the older one or the younger one. Oh, well, this looks like it's definitely before the 1900s. Mm-hmm. But so very cool. So you can go to the Kentucky Historical Society and see it. That is awesome. Yeah. If we have any listeners in Kentucky, um, you should go see it. If yeah. They're open. Yeah. If they're open or just wait a couple months until yeah. things are probably going to start to open. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Very yeah. fun. This is hard to find things on, and this is, like, one thing that I found, and I loved it. Yeah, you were searching for a long time, and then suddenly it was like, oh, this, and then you were like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> ding dong, ding dong, it's all done. Yeah. Ooh, that's interesting. I love cursed objects, because it's so, like, creepy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> mm. It makes it so, something so innocent becomes so scary. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Just like a chest of drawers, and suddenly mm-hmm. it's. This is beautiful. It's horrifying. a beautiful chest of drawers. It's not even like, oh, look at this creepy mm-hmm. rocking chair or this creepy mirror. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a beautiful, ornate, antique chest of drawers. Yeah. Fantastic. It's a good one. Yeah, it was a good one. So there's another place for our um, eventual road trip. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to talk about the Dibbuk box today mm-hmm. and a Dibbuk, Dibbuk, <laughs> Dibbuk. <laughs> <laughs> turned into like Siri for a second. A Dibbuk. <laughs> <laughs> um, a, dip, a Dibbuk is a concept from Jewish mythology, mm. which concerns a restless, usually malicious spirit said to be able to haunt and even possess the living yes yeah yeah so it's cool i'm excited to learn more about like jewish, jewish traditions yeah like, all i know is the golem <laughs> uh which uh, again and mostly even, what even i know that... is from that episode of um sherlock oh no oh but also that yeah. but i was gonna say the x-files oh because yeah. that's oh, one yeah, of my yeah, yeah, favorite yeah. x-files that is episodes. a good episode yeah but um yeah me too I don't. I only know it from pop 
pop culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, really, not like the real yeah, <laughs> traditions yeah. of it. Yeah, um, which is disappointing because there's a lot of stuff in Jewish mythology that we just never hear about. I know it's so uh, yeah. I like I love figuring out things from specific cultures because you learn so much about mm-hmm. that culture mm-hmm. by learning, you know, what they were afraid of. Yeah. Or what they thought was out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or their explanations for life in general or mm-hmm. death even, especially death. Oh my gosh, yes, death. Yeah, their views on evil and Yeah, it's it I wish that um Jewish we found more Jewish things. Mm-hmm. There we go. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, specifically the Dibuk box was first created and used by Kevin Manis. Um, it's a boring name for like such an interesting sounding I know, box. I know. Stuff. I know. Kevin, Kevin. Manis. <laughs> <laughs> the term was used to describe a wine cabinet. In the item information for an eBay auction, and as the subject of his original story describing paranormal events which he attributed to the box. Mm. Manus, a writer and creative professional by trade, owned a small antiques and furniture refinishing business in Portland, Oregon. Mm. The cabinet has the Shema carved into the back of it. And the Shema is the um, Jewish confession of faith made up of three scriptural texts, which, uh, together with appropriate prayers, forms an integral part of the evening and morning services. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, according to Manus's story, he bought the box at an estate sale in 2001. It had belonged to a survivor of the Holocaust in Poland named Havila, who had escaped to Spain and purchased it there before her immigration to the United States. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Havala's granddaughter told Manus that the box had been bought in Spain after the Holocaust. Upon hearing that the box was a family, family heirloom, Manus offered to give the box back to the family, but the granddaughter insisted that he take it, oh. saying that the family did not want the box. Oh. She told him the box had been kept in her grandmother's sewing room and was never opened because a Dibuk was said to live inside it. So at least she was upfront with him. Wild. Yeah. Upon opening the box, like a fool. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm not supposed to open it? Oh, yeah, this hasn't been opened for years and years and years. <laughs> um, let me open it. Mm-hmm. Upon opening the box, Manus wrote that he found that it contained two 1920s pennies. Mm-hmm. A lock of blonde hair oh, bound with a cord. Oh, man. A lock of blackish brown hair. Oh, two locks of hair? That's oh, us. Oh, no. That's our a hair. A Cassandra hair and a Julie hair? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. How did they get it? I don't know. Oh, no. Um, so, two, the black brown hair was also bound with a cord. A small statue engraved with the Hebrew word shalom. A small golden wine goblet, one dried rosebud, and a single candle holder with four octopus-shaped legs. So, this is very creepy to find in a single box, but, like, most of this stuff is in my bedroom. Like, (laughs) (laughs) a lock of my hair, a lock of your hair, a dried rose. A dried rosebud, a single candle holder with octopus. I don't have octopus legs, but I have a shit ton of candles. (laughs) A weird golden cup, you know, like a small statue, you mm-hmm. know, it's just all like stuff that aesthetically I'm like, oh yeah, that looks good with my, mm-hmm. with my stuff. But in one box altogether. Yeah. I, I, I don't, don't like understand it. the theme of this box, you know, is Me this neither. like a, like a junk drawer of that's, oddities? That's what it sounds like. Yeah. But it's oh, like a wine box. So it's supposed to be like a bar almost, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like that's its, its function yeah. is to put wine glasses in and. I guess, carry around. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, numerous owners of the box have reported that strange phenomena accompany it. <gasps> Manus wrote that he experienced a series of horrific nightmares shared with other people while they were in possession of the box or when they stayed at his home while he had it. What? Yeah. 
His... So they have matching nightmares? Mm-hmm. Ooh. That is creepy. That's messed up. I don't up. like that. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. His mother suffered a stroke on the same day he gave her the box as a birthday present. <gasps> October 31st. On Halloween? <laughs> Oh my god. Why would you give this haunted box to your mom? Did you give it to her at like 3.33 in the morning or something like that? Let's get every single the thing witching that could hour. be terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> um, every owner of the box has reported that it smells of cat urine or jasmine flowers and nightmares involving an old hag accompany the box. Oh god. Which is all like jasmine smells good, but like cat urine does not. <laughs> And nightmares with an old hag sound terrible. That sounds like the worst. Yeah. Okay, so, um, Yosef Nitschke, which is a Russian name, I think. Mr. Nitschke. Uh-huh. Um, a student at Truman State University in Kirksville, Missouri, and the last person to auction the box on eBay, claimed that the box caused electronics to burn out in his house, mm. a bug infestation, Ooh. and his roommate's hair to fall out. <gasps> what? Yeah. Can you imagine someone else bought a box and your hair fell out? <laughs> He's so angry. <laughs> You're probably having nightmares about the hag, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Jason Haxton, director of the Museum of Osteopathic Medicine in Kirksville, Missouri, had been following Nitschke's blogs regarding the box, and when he was ready to be rid of the box, Nitschke sold it to Haxton. Haxton wrote the book The Debuck Box and claimed that he subsequently developed strange health problems including hives, coughing up blood. <gasps> coughing up blood? Mm-hmm. And head-to-toe welts. Oh, yeah. no. So nothing pretty. Nothing I want. <laughs> no, no, thank you. <laughs> Haxton consulted with rabbis to try to figure out a way to seal the dibuk in the box again. Good. Apparently successful, he took the freshly resealed box and hid it at a secret location, which he would not reveal. He later donated the box to Zach Baggins of Ghost Adventures no! to display in his museum. Zach Baggins! <laughs> oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Hopefully behind glass or something. Nobody open it. Who knows with Zach Baggins? He's going to like purposefully touch it or something. <laughs> Chris French, head of the Anomalistic Psychology Research Unit, at Goldsmiths College, told an interviewer he believed that the box's owners were, quote, already primed to be looking out for bad stuff. I mean, true. Yes. But if you're coughing up blood or losing your hair, like, that's not... Like, if you were like, ooh, I heard a weird sound coming from my basement or right. something, that's right. that's made up, but I don't know. Yeah, and the, the hair thing I'm curious about, because, like, they don't give any information about the roommate, so I'm like... Was it just a balding man? Like, what? Mm. what is the time period for this? Yeah. Um, was it just a man who lost his hair, like, sad? Yeah. <laughs> you or, know? like, someone who just had, like, alopecia or yeah. something? I don't know. Huh. But, yeah, so there's unfortunately not the details that I need to fully believe this. <laughs> uh-huh. um, we have to do our own independent investigation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you believe that you have been cursed, then inevitably you explain the bad stuff that happens in terms of what you perceive to be the cause. Sure. Put it like this. I would be happy to own this object, is what this man says. Hmm. Chris French. In his Closer Look column in Skeptical Inquirer (laughs) online, Mm -hmm. in January 2019, investigator Kenny Biddle reviewed the debuck box... Uh, he found on display in Zach Bagan's haunted museum in Las Vegas. His conclusion, following the following careful investigation of the cabinet's construction and history, was despite what various owners would have us think, the infamous Dibuck box is not a haunted Jewish wine cabinet from Spain, but instead a mini bar from New York. What? No. <laughs> Biddle also wrote that he believes Manus created the Dibuck box story from from whole cloth, and that this elaborate story that started the entire legend was not an account of real supernatural events, but instead a fictional backstory he came up with to sell an ordinary and incomplete minibar. 
It's, I mean, from the beginning when you were like, he's a writer, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, that's like following a religion that was written by a science fiction writer. No offense. Yes offense. Scientology. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah, there were clues early on to be like mm. <laughs> skeptical. Yeah, hmm. um, Biddle's claim of the, Biddle's claim of the box and its legend being fraudulent is backed up by a screen capture of a Facebook post made by the originator of the legend, Kevin Manis, oh. to the Haunt Me page. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Facebook. The post dated October 24th, 2015 states, I am the original creator of the story of the Dibuk box, which appeared as one of my eBay posts back in 2003. How about this? If you or anyone else can find any reference to a Dibuk box anywhere in history prior to my eBay post, I'll pay you $100,000 and tattoo your name on my forehead. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So it's interesting because this story became a movie. Like, um, the the possession. Is that the one where, like, the little girl finds a box mm-hmm. in a... Yeah. Jeffrey Dean Morgan is in it. Yes. And some, uh, a woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is her name? She has a, uh, she's married to Kevin Bacon. Kira Sedgwick. Uh, yeah. So it okay. was a movie. Madisia or he who... buys it and gives it to his daughter. Something. Something happens. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Mati Siahu is in it, the Jewish rapper. What? Yeah. I watched it. It's not a good movie. <laughs> I feel like I've seen it too. I think we watched it together that maybe, but it was like 2013 sense. or something. 2000, like, a long time ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Way too fucking long ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like this became a huge thing. Like, like Hollywood bought the rights to this story and made a movie out of it. No way. And it, it was completely false. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, good for him. I mean, sure. For... And it's a good story. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 But it's interesting the way that these things started happening to people who bought it later. hmm And so, I mean, it really, you know, it's just, I like, it's bad luck. It's unfortunate things happening, I guess. Yeah. When you, interesting, the people that bought the box from him, did they get the hair and stuff, or did that even exist? I'm not sure. Oh, I'm not sure. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't say. Mm-hmm. I would. I I don't know. Like, what is the protocol for that? I mean, I feel like I would be like, if I got if I got something and there was a bunch of hair in it, oh my I'd be like, this can go back directly to you. Give me my money back <laughs> immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for the hair, but this is not what I ordered. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. So like, would they, would that have made it seem more haunted to people? Mm -hmm. Probably. For sure. Especially the hair, like the other stuff is whatever, but. But then you would have to, like. Did it exist at all? If he made it up and stuff, would he have to go online and find pennies from that specific time Mm -hmm. period? Would he have to find hair that was well, a certain he owns age an antique store oh so he might have so already he had, might have it had, had all that shit yeah. Whoa. he's like well this this octopus candle holder doesn't sell exactly so let me just stick it in the mm-hmm. dimmick box mm-hmm. mm. yeah so it's completely fake yeah which i love I, <laughs> yeah, I love a good uh fake fake out yes so that's the story of the box. It is completely fake. Um, <laughs> none, literally none of it is can, true. But you can still see it at Zach Baggins. I think so, unless he museum. took it down because it was proved to be mm-hmm. false. But like, even like, in that did, case, he did an investigation on it, Ugh. and I think he. I'm pretty sure that he was like, "This is fake." Okay. Well, I would hope so, or else it'd be really embarrassing for him. Be like, it's real, and then like two got, weeks later, they're like, "It's from, from it. New York." <laughs> Um, but even like, uh, cause now it's famous for being fake. Like, I right. feel like it would still be a draw. I would still love to see it. Oh yeah, me too. I mean, it sounds like a cool box or it looks like a cool box. So Zach Baggins just investigated this during quarantine last year. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So here he is, you know, oh, shit. Ugh, so here's the box. Glasses. Yeah. Let's just not look at him. 
Here's the box. Isn't it nice? It is. It, I mean, it looks spooky. See, that's the thing. Like, mm-hmm. if it looks too spooky, it's not real. Uh-huh. So, so Zach Bagans opening the debug box and, like, looking at it, like, the event itself was so popular that, like, Yahoo covered it. <laughs> E Entertainment covered oh it. Oh my gosh! Like these, all of these like legit news sources were like, "Oh, what's, <laughs> what's going on here?" <laughs> so apparently, he was supposed to open the box in a four-hour live Halloween special broadcast from his museum in 2018. Okay. Um, even before the event, he admitted that he wasn't sure if he would open the box, um, and in the end, he didn't, and plenty of viewers let him hear about it on social media. Why wouldn't she just open it? I believe that the Dibuk was causing my production to fall apart during that moment, he says of his reasons for keeping it closed. Okay, he probably just has bad people working for uh-huh, him. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> or, like, not, you know, yeah. um, he's a fool. Yes, <laughs> yes! <laughs> So apparently he'd been doing a miniseries, uh, Ghost Adventures Quarantine, last year when everyone was in quarantine. Okay, sure. Um, and because that had no one else around, he says, just me and these three guys that have been through literal spiritual war with me. Okay. <laughs> offered the perfect chance to try again. He, he says, the Dibuk box knew that I was going to be opening it. So I wanted to see if there was any, there was going to be any kind of things going on before that. After removing the glass case surrounding it, he set up cameras that he says captured footage of mist manifesting out of it. Oh my god. What a... <laughs> I wish I could do a good impression of him because like he <laughs> speaks in such a distinct, stupid way. <laughs> I have no respect for him. <laughs> oh, yeah, me neither. I mean, I love Ghost Adventures, the show, but mm-hmm. I don't have a single ounce of respect for any of them. Um, he said, okay, so he goes on to say, I wasn't attacked, I wasn't harmed, I just felt something. Ugh. I felt the power of it. To me, it felt good, Fagin says of his encounter with the box. I believe that it doesn't affect me as bad as it affects others around it, because it knows that I am its owner. Oh my... Goodness. I don't... uh. So this is before it came out that it's definitely fake? This was just last year. So, like, I think... I think, um... When was this other guy doing stuff? Yeah, did it say when Manus wrote on that? So Manus wrote that in 2015. And (laughs) then... And that was on a Facebook post. And then... Kenny Biddle, who was the one who was like, this is all fake, Yeah. Um, did that um, investigation in January 2019. Oh. Which was, had, it, so the box was already on display in the museum. So is Zach Baggins trying to prove, or like disprove their disproving of the box? Like, I guess. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, yeah. This it's is, haunted. That's what it seems like. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> so, weeks later, he struggles to put his experience into words. Mm. It was a rush. I just felt a warmth through my body. I don't know if it felt like I was crossing over or something. <laughs> what? It was an influence that it had on me. Like, that doesn't even <laughs> fit with what should, like, a Dibbuk. No. No. Because it would be, like, a bad spirit. Yeah. Not a warm feeling. Yeah, no. Unless it saw the the absolute horrifying depths of his soul and was like, <laughs> ooh, I found a hole in here. <laughs> you know? All the other demons that have possessed him, he's like, oh, hi. <laughs> One of me. <laughs> you know? Uh, yikes. Um, he goes on to say that it was a feeling kind of like I felt... These are all direct fucking quotes. (laughs) It was a feeling kind of like I felt in the Demon House, which is the one in Gary, Indiana that he bought. Okay, because he also (laughs) owned that house. And then he demolished demolished it. Yeah, Yeah. we watched that documentary (laughs) on my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Scary and terrifying, but there's a sense of awkward enjoyment out of it, he concludes. I guess it's hard to explain. I'm a weird guy. 
That's like when people are like, I'm a sarcastic person. Oh, I hate that. And you're like, okay, mm. so you are not a sarcastic person. So like, you're an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, when your personality is like, I'm sarcastic, that's mm-hmm. like, no. And I feel like a lot of people who say that they're sarcastic people don't understand sarcasm. No, no, they're usually just being mean. Yeah. Or just being like, uh, like, oh, could you pass me the mashed potatoes? And then they're like, no. <laughs> oh, see how was, funny and sarcastic I, was just being I am. Sarcastic. <laughs> just kidding. Here you go. And I'm like, where's the kidding? Where's, where's the, the fun? Like, <laughs> like sarcasm should be scathing or funny. <laughs> it shouldn't be right. That I don't right. Know. I don't it should know. be clever. Yeah. At least. Come on. Okay. So okay. So I'm going to go back to Zach Bagans um, at the end of this, but <laughs> kind of. Um, Okay, but so now we're going to talk about Dibbuk's, um, what they actually are. Oh, so, nice. apart from the box and apart from Zach Bagans. <laughs> <laughs> so according to lore, it is believed that Dibbuk's escaped from Jewish purgatory, which mm. is known as Gehenna, or were barred from entering Gehenna due to evil acts in life. Ooh. Yeah. They are believed to be an animating force that lingers after death to seek out and then possess the body of a living person for evil purposes. <gasps> Do you think that it's possessing Zach Baggins? Probably. <laughs> I mean, except that it's not real. But if yeah. it were real. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was never a Dibbuk in that fucking box to begin <laughs> with. So I don't know, but no, I wouldn't be surprised if he was possessed by a Dibbuk. It would make him more interesting to me. For sure. Yeah. I mean, every fucking episode of Ghost Adventures, he's like, there's a demon in here. I feel it. Yeah. I've been possessed. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, he like yells at one of his castmates and he's like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I was possessed. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're a jerk. Um, <laughs> this turned into just like a roast. <laughs> That's so funny because I feel like all I've ever talked about is like, just, I love Ghost Adventures on here. So this. <laughs> But, like, I love it, but I don't love them. Like, I mm-hmm. I love it because it's so stupid. Yeah, because they're so bad. they're so... All of them are so fucking idiotic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, did you hear that? And they're yeah. just like... Rrr, and they're like... Did, <laughs> did you hear it? He said, I'll kill you. <laughs> and you're like, come on. Or they'll, like, no. they'll play it and have the text that they think it is on the screen. <laughs> And then, so you have no way of, like, judging for yourself what they said. It's just immediately, like, I'll kill you. (laughs) Get out. Yeah. (laughs) I see you, Zach. Uh Or, like, something. I love it when they they say their names. I'm like, (laughs) yes. This is so dumb. It's it's wonderful. I love it. So, anyway. um, So, the kind of person a Dybbuk seeks out to possess seems to vary. Hmm. In some tellings of the lore, the Dybbuk specifically seeks out an evil person to possess as some kind of punishment. However, other lore seems to suggest that the Dybbuk is capable of possessing almost any kind of person. Oh, no. Although those with weaker wills are easier to take over. Mm, evil, weaker will. <laughs> exactly. Who does that sound like? <laughs> We're going to start a beef with Zacharias. This is how we get famous. Oh someone's someone's going to be listening to it, and they're, then they're going to tag him on Twitter and be like, listen to this episode. Oh, my God. There's two girls in Michigan. I would love it. Whoever the living host may be, one thing is for certain, Dibbucks are hell. For example, a Dibbuck that died alone may inhabit a person and drive them to isolate themselves further and make them as miserable as the Dibbuck was in life. Wow. Or a Dibbuk with certain vices like drugs or alcohol may also turn those who they possessed into drug addicts or alcoholics. Oh, Isn't that horrifying? no. That's just terrible. Yeah. Even worse, Dibbuks who died before they could finish what they had started on Earth may force their will and evil actions on who they possess. Oh, yikes. Yeah. However, if a person was possessed by a Dibbuk, there, there were exorcist rites that could be taken up in order to rid the person of the clinging spirit. The rites are anything but simple and painless. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Same with mine. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're rough. 
ceremonies would have to be conducted within a synagogue and be witnessed by ten men wearing white corpse shrouds, <gasps> arms bound with sacred parchments. What? Yeah. Isn't that scary? That's, a, that's <sighs> already such a spooky image. Yeah, and shrouds. Mm-hmm. Mm. Corpse shrouds. Mm. Prior to this, these ten men would have had to have purified themselves, usually with rituals and fasting. Okay. Then, the exorcist and leader of the ritual would enter the space wearing all black and immediately address the dibuk and not the victim. Hmm. As the exorcist approached the dibuk, he would begin listing all the crimes that the dibuk had made the victim commit. Once the dibuk was faced with its sins and the strength of those backing up the ritual, it may be convinced to leave the body it's possessing. If it was more stubborn, more rituals would arise. Curses would be made, incantations to rid the dibuk would be read aloud, and different combinations of the 42-letter name of God would be pronounced. Eventually, the dibuk would be shamed and ritualed out with a lot of warnings to never inhabit another living person again. Wow. Yeah. So, like, uh, shame? Shaming <laughs> it is a, is a huge thing. Shame. Reminds me of the shame wizard from uh, Big Mouth. This is a shame. It reminds me of shame. Um, uh, what we do in the shadows when they shame. They do oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> and um, and uh, Game of Thrones when they shame Cersei oh. when she's walking oh, naked through the God. streets. There's people yelling shame. Yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah. It's crazy that we thought of two different things and then another set of <laughs> <laughs> um, So Divics are believed to be the souls of humans and were once humans, so they are still likely to fall prey to the same things as any person like shame, fear, and fear of consequences. Mm. So yeah, so that's Dibbucks. Wow. Yeah, so they're creepy. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, the Dibbuck itself, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it doesn't make any sense that it would be in a box and that it would make people's hair fall out no. or make them cough blood. No, because that's like, not what they do. They would inhabit. Yeah. The person, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm debunked. Mm-hmm. I, I'm out. Yeah, I mean, as soon as I read this, I was like, wait, that's not at all yeah. what what was happening with these people. Like, that's curse stuff. This is not, like, a curse. This is, like, a demon trapped in a box. Uh-huh. So it can't do anything. Yeah, it's if more it's like not... a poltergeist. Or not even a poltergeist. No, definitely a demon. Yeah. I yeah. mean, um, I've, like, I've heard, I don't know if I've read specific things, but, like, I... The, the idea of trapping something in something is familiar to me. Mm-hmm. But, like, if it's trapped in there, it can't get out and do anything. So, like, just having it in your house is not going to do anything. Yeah, it's not <laughs> you en- know? enough. Yeah. 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 Like, even, like, okay, for this is fake, but, like, Annabelle is a conduit mm-hmm. for a, some kind of demon. Mm-hmm. And, like... It needed to be in something to do something. Like, just the presence of it alone wasn't enough to ca- cause any harm. No, it had to inhabit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Huh. Yeah. So I found this little folk tale story. So this tale um, is a tale. This tale <laughs> is a tale. Oh! <laughs> this is about a widow living in the city of Safed in the 16th century who was possessed by a dipper. She went to see Rabbi Isaac Luria and asked for his help. To his astonishment, the woman spoke with the voice of a man, and this voice addressed the rabbi by name as if they were old friends. Already very creepy. No, no, no. Yeah. The Dibbuk said he once had been a student of Rabbi Arson, (gasps) which the Rabbi Arson confirmed. The Dibbuk said that as a human being, he had slept with another man's wife and fathered a child with her. No. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) While out at sea, a storm hit and he drowned. His body was recovered and buried in a Jewish cemetery. But before the earth was dry, the angel Duma came and used his fiery rod to crack open the grave and take him down to the gates of Gehenna. Mm. Yet even there, the soul was not permitted access. 
For so great was his sin in life, he was punished to wander the earth, continually tormented by three demons. His soul had taken possession of two more bodies before this unfortunate widow. No. A rabbi who had escaped the Dibbuk by invoking impure spirits, and a dog who was so upset by the spirit inside of it that it ran and ran until its heart gave out. Oh, no! Yeah, that's so sad. Wow. Rabbi Arson tried to perform an exorcism of this Dibbuk, but his incantations would not work. Hmm. So he called in the great rabbi Chaim Vitel. As soon as Rabbi Vitel entered the room, the widow turned her back on him. Why do you turn your back? Rabbi Vitel asked. I cannot bear to look, said the widow in the voice of a man, mm. for your countenance is too great. Oh. Rabbi Vitel nodded because he. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> yeah, My you're right to turn is around. too great. <laughs> It's great. (laughs) Rabbi Vitel nodded because he was a holy man and filled with the light of God. Oh. You are a lost spirit, the rabbi said. How long are you cursed to wander? I shall wander this earth until my illegitimate son is dead. Oh. How did you enter this woman's house, the rabbi said. It is protected by a mezuzah. Oh. What is that? Do you know what that is? Yeah, um, it's um, a little thing. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> good, good. Uh, that it, you put it on doorway of your home, um, and some people put it on every doorway of their house. Oh. And inside of it, it's a scroll and it has a prayer, oh. and it's kind of like a protective thing. And like when you leave um, the house or enter the house, you touch it and. Oh. Yeah, it's interesting because like the word is familiar to me, but I have no idea what it is. Yeah, I had no idea. The mezuzah, the spirit said, is empty. <gasps> oh, yeah. She got a faulty mezuzah. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't follow the steps. That's oh no. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> the rabbi gasped. Which is exactly what you did. (laughs) (laughs) No. And when he had a man check the mezuzah on the woman's door, he found his words to be true. There was no prayer parchment wrapped inside. No. And how did you enter this woman's body, the rabbi said, for she is of the house of David. Mm -hmm. She doubts that the Red Sea truly parted. Whoa! Like one part of the story, she's like, mm, I don't know, that sounds yeah. a little far-fetched. <laughs> oh, no. Rabbi Vital was learned in the ways of the Torah and was able to speak to the woman even though the spirit was possessing her. Mm. He asked the widow if she believed in the Red Sea miracle, and she replied that she did. Oh. He had her repeat this three times, then he commanded the Dibbuk using a secret Kabbalistic formula. Form- formula? Formula. formula. Kamala Harris, a formula to depart the woman's body. The woman shrieked as as the spirit fled from her pinky toe of her left foot. (laughs) (laughs) A new mezuzah was put up that very night. Good. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, so that's the story, which is not like, it's not like horrifying, Mm. but it's still interesting. Like, I like it. It's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, I like the pinky toe part especially. Yeah. It was like all that lead up just for it to shoot <laughs> her, out your pinky toe. <laughs> the pinky toe of her left foot. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, so a little added bonus, mm-hmm. which is like my favorite part of all of this <laughs> research. Um, so Post Malone. Post Malone? Post Malone. Okay, out of left field here. Right. All right. Post Malone <laughs> visited Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum. Uh-huh. Um, did he touch the Dybbuk box? Uh, I don't think he did, but he touched Zach Baggins, who was touching it. <laughs> so let's... <laughs> shot through Zach Baggins. <laughs> Into Post Malone. <laughs> so I found an article from The Cut. Okay. Um, I mean, there's tons of articles about this, but I like The Cut a lot as a publication, so mm. I picked it. Um, and the headline is, Post Malone has definitely been cursed by a haunted box. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so I guess I'm just, I'll just read the article verbatim. 
At first, it looked like Post Malone had gotten himself caught up in a classic Final Destination scenario. <laughs> in August, wait, when was this published? August, oh, this was September 2018. So in August, right after the VMAs, the rapper and his entourage boarded a private plane to London, only to have the tires blow off <gasps> immediately after takeoff. What? The pilot managed to land the plane safely, but the universe appeared to believe it had been deprived of a soul it was owed. Ooh. <laughs> a few days later, armed robbers broke into a house where Malone used to live and demanded to see him. Mm. Fortunately, he wasn't there. Again, he was fine, and again, the universe seemed to rage. <laughs> On September 7th, the rapper's Rolls Royce was T-boned by a Kia. What? <laughs> Kia? <laughs> can't make this stuff up. I know. <laughs> um, in West Hollywood, this happened. He made it out unscathed. Now, now, however, it seems this string of misfortune is not the universe working to correct an accounting error, but the result of a good old-fashioned curse obtained <laughs> from a haunted box. Oh my gosh. According to TMZ, Malone visited Ghost Adventures host Zach Baggins' haunted museum in Las Vegas back in June. Baggins showed him around while Malone casually sipped a beer and at one point brought him to see the Dybbuk box that inspired the horror film The Possession. Sure. Usually, <laughs> Baggins told TMZ, the box is covered with a protective casing and you have to be over 18 and sign a waiver just to see it. What? Okay. Because it's cursed. So Dramatic. They, hurt, yeah. they don't want to be responsible for like hurting any kids for a child yeah <laughs> but anyone else yeah adults are fine away. whatever yeah oh my gosh. but malone is a celebrity so baggins let him see it without the protective casing because mm-hmm. i guess celebrities are immune to most plebe curses <laughs> <laughs> i love the way this is i written. love the cut so much <laughs> Uh, videos from TMZ shows Malone hanging back and nursing his beer, his hand on the doorknob, while Baggins show. They constantly refer to him as Baggin, and I love it. <laughs> Frodo. <laughs> <laughs> while Baggins shows him the haunted box, his hand resting on top of it, Malone has a very "dude, let's get out of here" vibe, <laughs> and reaches out to touch Baggins, who then jumps away from the box. Hmm. According to the ghost expert. That one moment of contact, Malone touching Baggins, who was touching the box, was enough to get the rapper cursed, which seems unfair, <laughs> and like something Baggins should have made very clear before they entered the room. Oh my gosh. The curse met, must have been diluted by the time it reached him, though, because Malone is fine, as you can see from this Instagram of him promoting an e-cig. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the end. That was just a little... Wow. Yeah. Okay, Wow. That yeah, is, so that's a fun he was cursed egg. by this. Egg. Yeah, cursed by this um, not haunted box. <laughs> <laughs> he was not cursed by this <laughs> yeah. not real box. Yeah. So, like again, that goes to show, like if you think, like all, if weird things are happening to you, and you can connect it to something, you will connect it to something. Oh yeah. Wow. Humans, it's, you know, step right? on a crack, break your mother's back. Ooh. Yeah. Anything yeah. like that. Anything like that. Yeah. So that's it. Those those were fun. Okay. Yeah. So we'll post images of these guys on Instagram as yes. well. And by guys, I don't mean Zach Baggins and Post Malone. <laughs> but maybe. <laughs> but maybe. <laughs> but definitely of our cabinets yeah. slash boxes yeah. slash chest of drawers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess this is where we say, see you later, goals and boys. Bye. Bye. Debuck. 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 I hate it here.